All right, let's be honest. I know some of you guys were probably like, all right, she came out with a cute little trailer and, you know, she came out with episode one or whatever, but can she continue? Can she keep coming out with new episodes? And I just needed to take this moment to say, here I am. (laughs) Here we are, you guys. Chingona Chronicles podcast episode two. I am still so amazed and overwhelmed with how much love and support I've been receiving and more so the push the I don't want to say demand because that makes it sound like y'all are like going crazy over it but I guess the the when is the new episode coming out or the you know like what are you going to be talking about next that's the part that just really really gives me butterflies in my gut like I just the fact that y'all love it makes me feel so good and I'm glad that some of you guys relate to what I'm talking about so without further ado here is the second episode to Chingona Chronicles podcast let's fucking go Welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad that you tuned in for episode two. Um, Let me start off by saying I hope everyone had a great, restful holiday. I hope that everyone had a happy new year. I hope that everyone's new year is going great. I hope it's off to a really good start. Now, let's get into a little bit of what's going on in the world. Um, I know that when I started this podcast, I really wanted to talk about current events. I know that some of us um, tend to stay away from the news just because it can get to be a lot. However, I think that it's important um, if we're really trying to bring important, necessary change to our communities and to educate ourselves, we need to stay in tune with what's going on in the world, specifically around us um, and how it's affecting other people. Plus, I mean, I feel like for some reason, it's like cool these days to be like, oh, I don't watch the news or it's just I don't get into politics. Like, okay, Becky, (laughs) must be nice to not have your life affected by, you know, some of these decisions that these politicians are making. You might as well just take that hashtag BLM, you know, out of your Instagram bio, like you're telling on yourself at this point. So first and foremost, I just want to give a big congratulations and a big thank you to Georgia For those who are not familiar or who have not heard, Georgia had its um, state Senate runoff. And I'm going to talk about it a little bit because I know myself, I didn't really know what that meant. And I've had other people that I've spoken to about it. They didn't really know what it was about either. So I'm going to take this opportunity to kind of go into it because, like I said, I didn't know what this meant. And, you know, I feel like it's very, very important because we all need to get involved in in our government. So let's talk about the Georgia runoffs. So basically, and I'm taking this from Vox.com, not a sponsor. I've always wanted to say that. Um, So just I'm just going to read what it means. In Georgia, no candidate can advance through a primary or a general election system without first earning more than 50% of the votes. If no one does, the top two vote getters advance to a runoff election, ensuring that one will earn the majority of votes cast. Okay, so I'm going to try to sum it up as efficiently as possible. So basically, the Senate has been fucking shit up. (laughs) 
I want to say respectively, but I don't mean respect at all when I say that. Um, you know, some of you guys have heard of Mitch McConnell, who is literally like Satan in the form of a human body. Basically, these these the the Senate is obviously majority Republican. Any time that Congress comes up with some type of aid or something that can benefit people of color, undocumented people, anything that could potentially be seen as a humanitarian legislation, the Senate will guarantee shoot it down. So clearly, it's very important that with all the fuck shit that we've been dealing with over the past four years, it's very, very, very crucial that the Dems take over. And I know, I know some of us feel a certain way about the two-party system, but we need to face reality and we need to understand that now is not the time to be talking about third-party voters or, um, you know, like any shit like that. We need to buckle down, suck it up, and think about the people who are going to be affected in our communities. So with this election... I'm going to talk about the two Dems because that's all I really want to speak about right now. And I'll explain a little bit more as we get into it as to why those two are the ones that I want to speak about. Um, But Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, Ossoff, that's how you say it, will be Georgia's first Black and first Jewish senators in Georgia's history. Let me say that again. For the first time in Georgia's history, a black man and a Jewish man will be senators representing Georgia. You guys, Georgia made history. Another way that Georgia made history was, according to NBC News, not a sponsor, (laughs) um, 65% of Georgia Latinos who voted early in November voted early in Tuesday's runoffs compared to 10% who voted in a 2018 runoff. Let's just sit here and process that for a second. The people who were being targeted by the current administration came out in record-breaking numbers to make a difference in their life. Not only their life, but the lives of those around them as well. Now, First thing, please, I'm begging y'all, please stop saying and thinking that elections don't matter. Please. (laughs) Because people's lives depend on it. And I understand if y'all are too woke, you know, to, to give a shit about what's going on around you. But I can assure you that someone that you love, someone that you know is undocumented Someone that you know, someone that you love is, has been at some point in their life been racially profiled. Someone that you know is gay, bi, pan, trans. Someone that you know is a woman who might potentially lose her choice in whether or not she wants to have an abortion. <laughs> like, I've heard this argument so many times and I'm just sick and fucking tired of it. Like, If you don't give a shit, that's cool, that's fine, but other people's lives depend on you. And you may not think that your vote makes a difference, but it clearly, it does. Another thing that I would like to address, something that's really been, I guess, giving me weird vibes, (laughs) weird, a weird feeling, is that anytime that there's a big, major election or like, you know, very, very, very critical movement in politics, such as elections, I feel like there's always a big push for Black women to do their magic. Um, Look at Stacey Abrams, for example. The work that she is doing is, bless her, (laughs) bless Stacey Abrams. Um, But I just needed to say, I've been seeing a whole lot of thank you, Black women, you know, give Stacey Abrams 
the the job to roll out the COVID vaccine. Give Stacey Abrams, you know, give her a, a spot in Joe Joe Biden's cabinet. Give her, you know, black women has have always been the leaders in bringing justice to a society that is trying to destroy them. And it's really fucking insulting when black women are literally giving their lives to a cause to ensure that, you know, no more of their people, no more black women are being murdered, ignored, disregarded, whatever. They're putting their lives into this work to stop that shit from happening. Like, and then you guys are just wanting to add more responsibility onto their plate. What you guys need to realize that say, you know, like, oh, you know, thank you, black women, black women, you know, save us once again. How is giving black women more work a compliment? Like, first off, they're underpaid. <laughs> like, let's start there. I don't understand how people can think black women need to continuously save us from the shit show that we put ourselves in. We completely disregard black women in these discussions, these discussions that affect them the most. And let's let them figure it out. And then, you know, we'll clap for them when they save us during election season and then completely go back to ignoring them and disregarding their their needs and their voices. Like the fucking audacity. <laughs> I need you guys to understand that, you know, saying that Stacey Abrams deserve deserves a, a spot on Joe Biden's cabinet or she needs to figure out the she needs to be in charge of the vaccine, the covid vaccine rollout like this woman did her part in making history in her state. OK, she showed the fuck up. As always, as black women always do, why is it so much easier to, you know, put all the pressure on black women to figure it out when we can take personal responsibility in doing our part and getting involved in our own communities? Like y'all are taking the Stacey Abrams in your own community and working them to death. There's just no other way to say it. So I really hope that if that is you, you know, saying thank you, Black women. For sure, 100% give Black women their recognition because 10 out of 10 chances, anything that gets done in government, in politics, in whatever, there are Black women behind that. Absolutely, 100% give Black women their credit. Give Black women their respect. Give Black women their motherfucking coins. You know, with the whole Breonna Taylor case, yes, let's like respect and honor and love black women 100%. But I'm going to need y'all to love, respect and honor black women, not just when it's election season or when, you know, shit's looking rough and you need someone to come save you. Now, let's go back. The reason why I wanted to point out the fact that history was made when Georgia elected its first Black and Jewish senators in the history of the state and the first Democrat Senate in almost a decade. Let's bring up the fact that such a historical moment, crucial moment, was overshadowed that very same day that Ossoff was declared the winner. Now, some of you guys, if you live in America, <laughs> um, you might have heard something about white supremacists, domestic terrorists breaking into the nation's capital and throwing a, a tantrum. I want to bring this up because it's important. Two very large marginalized communities, both the black and the brown community, were celebrating a huge historical moment that they made. They broke record numbers because they showed up and showed out. They weren't able to experience that joy. If you think about it, black indigenous people of color were not 
we're not allowed to experience that hope. We're not allowed to experience joy. We're not allowed to celebrate our victories, no matter how small or how big. And I say that because not even hours after, you know, the the projected winners were were determined, domestic terrorists stormed the, the nation's capital. And why is that? Why is it that any time that for the first time in four years, actually it was almost five years, these marginalized communities that lived in fear for four, five years because the current administration made it okay to be blatantly loud and proudly racist, homophobic, xenophobic. Hate was okay. Because all you had to do was wear your Make America Great Again shirt or hat and say, I'm just, I'm just being patriotic. I'm just supporting our president. There is people who, you know, I remember, like, let's go back. Let's go back to election night, November 2016, when 45 was declared the next president of the United States. If you are a Black Indigenous person of color, if you have or are someone in the LGBT plus community, um, if you identify as a woman, most of us probably cried that night. And if you are white, if you are male, uh, chances are you didn't really think much of it. Um, I actually remember I was made fun of for coming back from my car at break for sobbing And they called me a sore loser. When little did they know, I have undocumented friends and family. I have, you know, I'm a, I'm a woman of color. The fear that we all experienced in that moment was like nothing I have ever felt before. Because if you think about it, four years When you think of it, four years is already, uh, you know, a pretty long time. But when you think of people in your community, your loved ones being targeted by the president of the United States, (laughs) when the president of the United States says that Mexicans are rapists, drug addicts, drug dealers, thugs, it was very personal, uh... And it's hard not to get emotional talking about it because chances are you, you know, someone that you know is in that, you know, in that targeted group, like I said. Um, And most of us knew what the next four years had in store for us. But also it was really fucking scary because we really had no idea what was to come. It's just a really weird feeling that I guess it still, I, I, it still hasn't registered. Um, so when Georgia announced their winners and we were all like, oh my God, <laughs> like after four years of this craziness, it seems like we're finally seeing the calm after the storm. And white supremacy did not allow that to happen, of course. Because anytime that Black Indigenous people of color want to celebrate their victories, their hard work, their effort, their communities, they they come in and, you know, do what they always do and and show their, their privilege. Like I said, I don't want to get too much into what happened um, just because I'm not giving any more domestic terrorist coverage and while I don't find it necessary to give you know these white supremacists proud boy make America great again supporters um, giving them any more airtime I do feel like it needs to be brought to everyone's attention that the police 
really didn't do shit to prevent that until it was too late. Um, You're going to tell me that the government is constantly, you know, listening in to your your phone calls, tracking your location, and they had absolutely no idea that this was going to happen. You got to be kidding me. Not only that, but we've all seen the videos where, you know, police officers move to the side as these people are pushing past them. Um, Now, while I understand that they may have had concern for their safety, they should have come with the same energy that they approach these Black Lives Matter protests. Let's talk about that. So the fact that these people who support 45 made it very well known that during the summer protests supporting Black Lives Matter, they chose the side of Blue Lives Matter. What the fuck is a blue life? I don't know. Um, I've never seen a blue person in my life. But apparently Blue Lives Matter is movement to support law enforcement. And these people who supposedly stood in solidarity with police officers and saying that their lives mattered, they didn't really seem too concerned about these police officers' well-being while they stormed past them with all types of weapons and doing some terrorism. That's what that was. (laughs) But I think it's important that we address the fact that this was never about Blue Lives Matter. This wasn't ever about supporting law enforcement. This was about hating Black people. This was about being so openly racist that you had to find a way to be able to comfortably say, I don't support Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter doesn't mean anything to me. Black lives don't matter to me. But I'm going to hide behind the guise of I care about my local law enforcement. I care about law enforcement and police officers. So I'm going to stand behind this movement. But it's very evident that that shit didn't matter to them in that moment. So it was never about supporting police officers. It was just being against black people. Because the same people that were so loud and proud about supporting Blue Lives Matter and what the fuck, fire, like Red Lives Matter. I don't know, fire, some of y'all be on some shit. But you guys created these, you know branches to separate yourself from the Black Lives Matter movement to supposedly bring awareness to these movements that were important to you yet y'all are mad fucking quiet right now it's quiet ain't no back talk you guys can't condemn the shit that your president allowed happen and the people that stand next to you with these make America great again hats and shirts You guys can't say shit about your people. Someone was saying something about like, if we want to be the change that we wish to see in the world, we need to stop being so divisive and this and that. And it's like, if you aren't holding your own people accountable, you are being complicit in the fuckery that your people be doing. If you yourself see yourself as a level-headed person, someone who you know, can see, supposedly can see both sides to the story. You need to use your voice and you need to be the person that opens the eyes of those who refuse to see the struggles that other people face. Because if you're not doing that and you're sitting there with your mouth closed and your arms crossed as your people are fucking shit up, you're part of the problem as well. And... That's all I got to say about that. I just wanted to bring up the fact that Georgia's victory was overshadowed by white supremacy. And that's something that we we do need to address. Um, But something that if I don't talk about on here, it's going to defeat the purpose of why I started this. So I've been seeing a lot of talk about like, We need to come together as Democrats and Republicans and we need to reach across the aisle and forgive, forget, 
make peace and move on from, you know, all the hate that was spread over the last four years. And to that, I want to just say, fuck that shit. <laughs> um, a big old fuck that shit. Fuck you and fuck that bullshit. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it and explain why. If you've ever been in an abusive relationship or friendship or any type of situation where you were being abused physically, emotionally, mentally, anything along those lines, you may understand why I feel the way that I do. Um, With that being said, I guess this would be a good time to throw in a trigger warning if you've ever experienced any of that. So feel free to skip ahead. I'm not sure how long because you guys know I like to ramble, but there's your trigger warning. So if you've ever been in an abusive situation, you know that your abuser, the number one way that your abuser breaks you down is to gaslight you. And basically, if you don't know what gaslighting is, gaslighting, to be gaslit is, or gaslighted, gaslit, gaslighted. Oh, I just got off work. Y'all forgive me. Um, but when someone gaslights you, it's when they basically make you question the things that you've said and you've done. And it makes you question almost your sanity. And it sounds crazy. So for example, let's say that you are telling your friend like, hey, you said something earlier and it kind of hurt my feelings. And I just want to let you know because, you know, I care about you and whatever. Basically, you they hurt your feelings. Well, you tell your friend that and then your friend is like, mm, I don't really know why you feel that way you know, I didn't mean it like that, or that's not what I said, or, you know, something along the lines where they're belittling you and they're making you feel invalid. So then you start questioning like, okay, well, maybe I was being overdramatic. Maybe I was overreacting. And they use that method to basically make it seem like you getting your feelings hurt is your own fault and they're not to blame. Now, why did I bring this up? Because I honestly feel like when white Democrats, liberals, whatever you want to call them, are telling black indigenous people of color and other marginalized communities, um, when they're telling us that we need to forgive and forget They're basically telling us to make peace with our abuser. And some of you guys may feel like I'm being overdramatic, but y'all can kiss my ass because I know what the fuck I'm talking about. How are you going to tell Black, Indigenous, people of color and people in other marginalized communities, such as people who are trans people who are openly gay, people who, people with disability, like there's so many different people. You're telling us that we need to let the things that these people and our president have said and done. And let's just shake hands and let's, let's keep moving forward with this. What? Like the fucking audacity of some of y'all for real how are you going to look at the person if someone were to come up to me and be like you know what yeah I said that you know illegals don't belong here and black lives don't matter and I don't believe in marriage equality, but I want you to stop being mean to me because I'm not like those people that took over the nation's capital. (laughs) What? What do you mean? 
I like I cannot the way that y'all think the way that you guys think like you really think after four years I like you can let that shit go people you know when I saw something about people not liking being lumped into the domestic terrorist group that you know did their thing at the Capitol because they're the civilized the good conservative oh fucking k and do you realize that people have literally been fucking killed over being racially profiled trans black trans women are literally being fucking murdered indigenous women are going missing because of who the fuck they are and you want us to stop lumping you into this group and stereotyping you get the fuck out of here i'm so tired of this like imagine that being where you draw the line just to add to the list of dumb shit y'all need to stop saying um let's add this is not america this is not who we are uh yes the fuck it is where have you been hiding this is exactly what america has become I don't know where you've been hiding. I don't know, you know, take off your your privileged glasses off for a little bit and see see America for what it is because America is showing its ass right now. Um, another thing that we can add on to the list is this is the perfect example of white privilege. This isn't white privilege, baby. This is straight up white supremacy. Like white privilege? Nah. <laughs> Y'all kill me with this shit. Like, ooh. I, yeah, I just, y'all need to cut that shit out. I'm not forgiving no one. <laughs> like, you know, people want to say, oh, you know, what would Jesus do? Turn the other cheek, you know, forgive your, forgive your enemy, forgive. I will gladly sit there in hell with my grudge to keep me warm because I just y'all got me all the way fucked up if you think I'm gonna sit there and shake hands with the Trump supporter crying about oh you you, I just I supported him at first but then I saw fuck out of here god I'm just okay I'm moving on because I'm gonna get heated (laughs) um actually you know what fuck that shit because that's why I started this podcast let's talk about another thing that makes me mad Huge transition. That was my transition music. <laughs> um, let's talk about the OnlyFans topic. Let's talk about that. Because I have a whole lot of shit to say about that. What's that Cardi B thing where she was like, I've been waiting to talk for it for a hot minute. That's me right now. All right. So some people decide to create this account this an account on this platform called OnlyFans. Some of you guys may heard of it. For those who haven't heard of OnlyFans, um it's a platform where you can upload certain type of content, whatever type of content that you choose, and people pay to subscribe to your content and they have the option to purchase private content. Um, this platform is mostly used by, um, sex workers. And if you are wondering how I feel about it, I fucking love OnlyFans. Um, and I feel like we should all be supporting the idea of platforms like OnlyFans because I don't know what, what person would have an issue with, sex workers having, you know, a platform to do their work safely. I don't know what kind of fucked up human being is against that, but they're out there. Trust me. So something that I, I've just been trying to understand what the issue is with OnlyFans. And I'm going to start off with women. The women that have issues with OnlyFans. I feel like, first and foremost, I believe that it stems from insecurity. And, you know, not many people are comfortable enough with themselves and their bodies to 
make that type of content. Look, y'all love body positivity until someone's making money off of that shit. And imagine how much of a hating ass person you have to be to like, one thing is like, okay, you're not going to subscribe to it, right? No one's forcing you to subscribe to someone's content, but to go out of your way and to be like, "Mm, I just don't support it. Like, what is there to support? You're not supporting me. So what is there to support? (laughs) Another thing that I feel like when it comes to women is that there's like um, a sense of like superiority because we live in a society where women feel like they need to look down on other women for how they look and for how they dress and for what their bodies are like. And it's just, it's so weird to me. Again, that probably stems from insecurity, but I just, I don't get it. I don't get what do you get out of knocking someone's hustle? Um, shit, bitch, like, get you an OnlyFans too. What are you, like, I don't, I don't understand what the issue is. The way I see it is there's enough success to go around. If you truly want to accomplish something, just go for it. Now, this is the part that I really, really want to talk about is why men that look like the back of my knee always have the most to say when it comes to the topic on women and their OnlyFans accounts. Why is it that men that look like motherfucking Shrek, why do y'all like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about because I got time today. I'm already past my bedtime. Let's do it. So from what I've seen and what I've observed is that men have this thing about like women that have only fans or women that are sex workers. You can't make them a wife. All right, let's talk about it. My guy. No one's trying to get wife by you. (laughs) First off, let's talk like the fact that you think that a woman who's literally getting paid to be beautiful and to, you know, being sent money as we speak because she's desirable as fuck. You really think she's worried about finding a husband? You really think she wants to be wifed by some dude who is giving her the bare minimum? Look, I've said it to my friends. We've all sent nudes at some point, okay? And if you're going to sit there and be like, I haven't sent nudes. Okay, whatever, bitch. Cool. Um, But nudes in exchange for money sounds so much better and worth it than nudes in exchange for good morning texts and lies. I'm sorry. Like, it's so crazy to me because men will put in so much money time and effort into courting a woman so he can have sex with her and I'm not understanding what the issue is because it's like as humans it's in our nature to be attracted to where um given I don't want to say gifts but where it's like worth our time are you going to sleep with someone if they're giving you absolutely nothing, bare minimum, bum type shit? Or are you going to sleep with the person who's putting in time, money, effort, taking you out to eat, getting you nice gifts? Like, it's common sense. So we're literally just skipping a step in the courtship. And not only that, but half of y'all don't even want a relationship anyway. So now y'all are mad because we took the the game that society put women into, which is we're going to sexualize the fuck out of your bodies while also making you hate your own body because we're going to be creating these crazy, insane body standards that good luck trying to achieve naturally, good luck trying to achieve any type of self-love, good luck trying to figure that shit out. 
And then the moment that we do end up figuring out how to love our bodies and how to embrace our sexuality, y'all are mad because now you have to pay for it while you guys were paying for it anyway by taking us out on dates and courting us. I just, I don't understand what the issue is. Um, but I guess, you know, when, when men have benefited from this crazy fucked up system society that we live in, you know, shit's not cool or whatever. But I wanted to bring up this topic with, you know, only fans and, and sex workers and the topic of self-love because as someone who I don't have an OnlyFans account yet, stay tuned. <laughs> um, I feel like it's important for me to state why I feel like anyone who has an OnlyFans account, I completely support you. I'm wishing you all the success. And I just needed to say like, even though I don't have one, I'm not, you know, in, in that type of work. Um, I think it's important that, you know, we can acknowledge, like I said, the, the importance of like having safe platforms for people to do this type of work. Um, because people are being assaulted and murdered for trying to do this, this type of work. Um, and here's the other thing is y'all seem to think that you have the right to look down on this type of work because it's not a traditional type of work. Why is it that working 50 plus hours and literally killing yourselves for a job that could replace you the moment you drop dead on the floor um, from exhaustion and being overworked? Why is it that for some reason that, I guess, validates how you the, or like the money that you earn when someone is doing something that they not only love, but something that makes them feel good? Like, why does success have to have this like horrible, sad, painful story behind it? why and and i'm speaking also from like the traditional mexican family aspect to it i definitely feel like you know growing up with my parents being immigrants to this country that was normal to them like you literally need to kill yourself to make a living like why is that okay why have we accepted that burden of like i need to suffer in order to be successful that just doesn't sit right with me. And and I think that that's tied into why people look down on the idea of, you know, like a, raising the minimum wage to an actual livable wage is because people want to hold on to that superiority that they have over or they think that they have over people that are earning minimum wage. Or people that are working two jobs just to keep their fucking lights on. It's just, we can get deeper into this shit. Like, it's just all tied together. And I just, let's normalize not having to fucking kill yourself in order to make a living. Let's normalize not hating your job for a living. But yeah, that's... That's just how I've been feeling lately. I've been seeing so much hate. And like I said, it's all from dudes that look like fucking the dude from Lilo and Stitch. The the guy that was the bounty hunter. I don't know his fucking name. <laughs> like, y'all need to have a seat. These beautiful ass, successful ass, dope women. They're not going to settle for you and your fucking 2006 Toyota Camry. <laughs> They're not impressed by you. They like, they're not even looking your direction, homie. Here's my thing too. Okay. The same guys that will have so much to fucking say about, oh, you can't wife these, these girls with the only fans. That's the shit that they're liking on Instagram. Half naked girls. Any like y'all are on that shit anyway. So 
because a girl's like, okay, you want to see this content? Then you're going to have to pay me. Now y'all have a problem. But y'all didn't have a fucking problem when that shit was for free. Y'all are some broke ass motherfuckers. That's it. Case closed. (laughs) We solved the case right at the end of the episode. Wow. And I think it's safe to assume that the men, the same men who have issues with the OnlyFans workers, specifically women, are the same men that will DM you 20 fucking times in a row. Hey, hey, what's up? Hey. And they don't get it. So then when they finally do realize that you're fucking ignoring them, they'll, you know, call you a bitch, a slut. You ain't even that fine anyway, blah, blah, blah. You stink ass bitch. You know, they come up with all these like insults because they couldn't get access to you. That's the same energy. So I'm just saying, if you sit there and feel a certain type of way with the OnlyFans thing, really check and reflect and think about why that shit bothers you. Because why you would have an issue with someone making a, like making a living safely from the comfort of their own home? I don't know. Sounds a little bit weird. Wow. We made it to the end of the episode. We talked about the Georgia runoff elections. We talked about domestic terrorism that took place in America. We talked about dope black women and how we need to pay them more and value them more and not overwork them to death because they've like already dealt with so much shit since the beginning of this fucking country. Um, We've talked about Trump and how he's a piece of shit and so are his followers and how I can't trust white liberals slash Democrats. Um, We talked about only fans and how men ain't shit. Um, I feel like we got a pretty good episode this time. What do y'all think? I'm kind of proud of myself. Like the last episode, I kind of struggled and I had to, you know, someone had mentioned to me how they noticed the fluctuation in in volume, which 100% that shit bothered me too. And it's because I had to record bits and pieces of it because I would just like get, what is that called? Where you just like stop thinking? <laughs> where your mind goes blank and I just didn't know what else to talk about and I would wake up in the middle of the night and be like shit run to my laptop start recording whereas this time I literally just sat here for almost an hour and a half almost two hours and just recorded straight through I mean like I think it's the fact that you guys have given me so much encouragement and reassurance and validation in what I'm doing and knowing that you guys enjoyed the very first episode like it gives me that confidence to be like okay let me get into my element and say the things that I want to say and not feel like I have to censor myself because that first episode I still felt a little bit iffy um but here we are, the end of episode two. Bah, bah, bah. We did it. I didn't think we'd get here. Like I said, I am recording and editing all of this on my own. And while being a mom, it's just, you know, I got to find the right time to do it. But I'm really impressed that I was able to record this all the way straight through and not have to like, you know, take three days to record little bits and pieces of it. So we're getting there. And that's what I've heard is um, from different podcasts that I listen to. They've said like at the very beginning of their podcast, they were very shy, not shy, but like they had to plan what they would have to say or they would have moments where their mind would go blank and they, you know, would struggle with coming up with um, the words and and speaking and as you know their podcasts went along they just got so comfortable it became 
you know, like second nature to them. But yes, thank you guys for listening. Um, Please remember to rate, subscribe, follow me on Instagram at Chingona Chronicles Podcast. Keep up with me on there. Let's see. Oh, and please, please, please pass the word along to your friends, anyone that you feel like who would enjoy the things that we talk about or anyone that you feel like would benefit from it. Please spread the word. I'm hoping to reach. It's not that even that I want to go viral because that's not it. It's the fact that I want a sense of community. Like looking back on when I first started listening to podcasts, I had zero fucking friends and I have no problem saying that. I had zero friends. I had zero hobbies. I would just go to work. So connecting with, you know, the hosts of a podcast that I enjoyed, it was just very therapeutic for me because I was like, that was my socializing. That sounds so sad, but like, that's kind of how I see it is like, that was my, you know, human interaction. (laughs) Um, So if I could do that with other people and give them that sense of that feeling of like community, um, that sense of like not being alone, that's my goal. And I want to, you know, create this like dope ass girl gang podcast community. (laughs) And I want people to be inspired to start their own shit. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I feel like my purpose on this, on this planet in this lifetime is to inspire people to do what they love to do. And it took me a minute to figure it out, but I I think that's, that's what I'm here to do. So if anyone gets anything out of this podcast, I want a whole lot of self-love. I want a whole lot of self-confidence. I want a whole lot of anti-racism, of course. I want, I just, I want people to better themselves. And if my podcast can help them achieve that, even if it's just one person, that's a win for me. And that's my goal. So, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and again, subscribe, follow and spread the word. I highly appreciate it. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. I'll catch you guys next time on Chingona Chronicles podcast. Take care.